This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash, hmm, you can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. Blog Talk Radio. We're now listening to Wealthy Sisters Radio Show. We're now listening to Wealthy Sisters Radio Show. We're now listening to Wealthy Sisters. Well, hello and welcome to Wealthy Sisters Radio, sponsored by Wealthy Sisters Media Group, where we proudly promote positive people. You can visit us for all of your branding and publishing needs at WealthySistersMedia.com. That's S-I-S-T-A-S, Media.com. Wealthy Sister Radio, connecting business people, stories, and music, and our purpose is twofold. First, we love to provide you, that dynamic listener, with inspiration and encouragement and that practical knowledge that you can apply to your business and your life right now for that positive impact. And second, you know, we must edify, provide a platform to promote, acknowledge, and say thank you to the sisters for doing big things. I'm Deborah Hartnett, your host, broadcasting live on the Worldwide Blog Talk Network, and today is another awesome Tuesday. <laughs> Can you believe it? It's June already. Yes, June 10th. It is June 10th, 2014, and there is so much exciting, I mean, just just a great time to be alive. You know, we're excited about celebrating our anniversary next month. This is Black Music Month. I mean, what can we say? It's just a great time to be here on Wealthy Sisters Radio. And, you know, we are here every week at the same time. That's Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So thank you so much for spreading the word as well. And, you know, when you listen to this show right now with us live, you can go back and catch it downloadable. That's right, at Wealthy Sisters Radio, WealthySistersRadio.com. You can catch all of our shows, the library of, did I just say five years? That's right next month, five years of great, rich content just for you. Also, when we talk about that, you know, we are available on WealthySistersRadio.com, but we're also free on iTunes. So, you know, you can download us there on your smart devices right there on iTunes. You can listen to us. When you subscribe to us, you'll get the show every week right there, and that way you can stay on top of everything that's happening here at Wealthy Sisters Radio. Now, you know, we've got that special promotion going with the free commercials, and next week we are going 
going to announce the winners for this month for the two winners for the free commercial. So if you haven't already, you know all you have to do is do three simple things. Just follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, all under Wealthy Sisters. That's right. Just follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter on the Wealthy Sisters and go to WealthySistersRadio.com and join our mailing list. Three simple things. And guess what? We have some exciting news next week for those who have won the free commercial. Also, you know, we've got that business question of the week. And that business question of the week, I tell you, it is so much information there. Since we started this a couple of months ago, I'm telling you, you guys have been just great sharing uh, your information and and asking the questions. So if you have a question, any topic you want to cover, you know, myself, I've been a business owner for over 25 years, but if I don't have the information, you know what I'm going to do, just like we do every week. We make sure we provide you with experts. We will make sure we get that information and get it to you. So if you've got a question that you want to ask, here's your opportunity. All you've got to do is send us a simple email to family at wealthysistersradio.com. That's family at wealthysistas, S-I-S-T-A-S, radio.com. Or you can call our hotline at 800-917-9435, extension 808, 800-917-9435, extension 808. And give us a shout-out on that hotline. Let us know where you are, what you're thinking about, and what that question is. And our question of the week this week comes from Alex. That's right. Alex, all the way down in Tampa, Florida. Alex, thank you so much for tuning in to us. Alex says that um, they have been in business now for about three years. Uh, so, and uh, he is, I guess he said he's, he, or I'm saying he could be a she, we're not sure, but um, more of a person that uh, is direct and to the point and wants to know our feedback on networking, the importance of networking, and just some ideas around what we might do as far as networking is concerned. Well, definitely, you know, if you've tuned into our show, we talk about networking often here on Wealthy Sisters Radio and the importance of it. But this is the thing with Wealthy Sisters Radio that we, we share every every week. We talk about relationships in business, and networking is all about building relationships. A lot of times when people go to an event, um, you might hear them complaining, oh, I met, I've got these business cards, I've met people, but nobody bought anything. Even if you're, you're, you're getting a booth at a conference or what have you, it, it, it does take time. It's about, I like to say, building that pipeline. And, and, and people definitely will buy from people that they know and people that they love. So understand this whole concept of networking is not just about passing out cards and automatically things are going to happen right at that moment. I, I, I wish that it was that easy. Trust me, I do. But it is not. It's a process. You've got to learn each other. You've got to see what works and, and, and what those needs are. And I always go to an event looking on who I could help and who I could serve. That's one of the things. So I look for events that will be specific to my industry or or as far as, you know, perhaps um, how our industry can help someone else's. And then the other thing is when you're networking, you know, don't always just think about, well, this person or that person may not be in your direct 
uh, circle, but they they may know someone that you can help. So never discount that. The other thing is I would like to share about networking. It's important to make sure that, um, like I said, trade-specific organizations. You know, make sure that you become a part of those organizations that have some of the same concerns or have some of the same ideas or general interests that you have as well. And that that is really important. But my main takeaway for you today, Alice, is to know that networking is important, but it's all about building relationships. And so definitely you want to do that. Be very specific when you go to an event. You don't have to meet every person there. You know, you, you pick out, if you've, you've seen a, uh, if there are exhibitors there, what have you, you pick out those select exhibitors. That, are, that have a direct correlation to what you're wanting to do or what, you know, you can help them with as well. So that is our answer today on Wealthy Sisters Radio Business Question of the Week. Thank you so much, Alex, for your question. We appreciate you for sending us that email. And if you have a question that you'd like to ask us here at Wealthy Sisters Radio for the Business Question of the Week, all you need to do is send it to family at WealthySistersRadio.com or give us a shout-out on our hotline at 800-917-9435, extension 808. Wow. Well, you know we are excited about today's show as we talk about business here. You know, and a lot of times we often talk about the success, yes, we always talk about that. But what are the ingredients? If, you, if you've if listened to our shows, oftentimes I would ask, what are those ingredients that went into the recipe that we see today? And so the, our, our story today that our author is going to share today is just, a, just an incredible journey of, of friendship, and it's going to be able to share uh, his friend's life before his success. And that is none other than Mr. Lynn. Hart, who is the author of Richard F. Lewis before TLC Beatrice, and we know Mr. Lewis, excuse me, Reginald Lewis, forgive me, Reginald Lewis was one of the first African Americans to build a billion-dollar company back in the 90s. I mean, this was incredible. And um, just, no, no, just everything that he was able to accomplish in the, in the 80s and the 90s and what have you. But what were those ingredients? What was it that fueled him to be the success? that he was and that we all know today. So our very special guest, like I said, is Mr. Lynn Hart, who is the author of this incredible book. And uh, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we will bring on our very special guest today. So thank you so much for tuning in to Wealthy Sisters Radio. Business leaders, are you ready to soar? Success is not defined by your wings, but by your courage to leap from the cliff's edge and fly. With Fortune 500 expertise, the Beatty Group partners with creative and motivated leaders, weaving structure and innovation for maximum business success. Visit us at thebeattygroup.com. That's T-H-E-B-A-T-I-E group.com. Or call the Beatty Group at 877-264-7699. Three women are murdered every day. Around the world, at least one in three women has been or will be abused in her lifetime. It's time to change these statistics. Join Saving Promise, a national grassroots movement that's bringing about real change. Visit www.savingpromise.org to join our One Voice campaign and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Text My Promise to 20222 to make a $5 donation. We need your voice. Together we can live, thrive, and be free of domestic violence. 
Queen Anita Empire Online features luxurious African handmade healthy skin and body care products. From enhancing all-natural soaps, hair growth stimulating shampoos, to delicious healthy drinks, great for arthritis, we have an extensive inventory of more than 450 items to begin your natural journey to wellness. Visit QueenAnitaEmpireInc.com. That's QueenAnitaEmpireInc.com. Remember, QueenAnitaEmpireInc.com. We are live here on Wealthy Sisters Radio. Thank you so much for joining us today with our very special guest, Mr. Lynn Hart, who is the author of Reginald F. Lewis before TLC Beatrice. We're so excited to have him on as our very special guest today. We want to make sure you've got all your pens and papers and notepads ready. Hello, Mr. Lynn. Welcome to Wealthy Sisters Radio. Thank you, Deborah. It's a pleasure to be here. And again, thanks for having me on your show. Yes, yes. Well, like I said, we're excited uh, to have this conversation today. I, I know when we spoke briefly on yesterday, uh, we, we had an opportunity to kind of talk about some of the things that you will be sharing with our audience today. And uh, I know one of the questions was, you know, you were going to share, you know, the real information as to what fueled and that inspiration as to what fueled your friend, um, Mr. Reginald Lewis. But before we get into that, we must, must, as we say here at Wealthy Sisters Radio, we're a little nosy. We always like to get the background of our very special guest and uh, where you grew up and what led you on the path uh, to become an author and write this great book that you've written. Well, Deborah, I uh, uh, have been uh, fortunate enough to have an opportunity to do a number of things over the course of my life, and uh, having worked uh, in the corporate side with AT&T for uh, well over 30 years, uh, and I retired as the uh, director of their International Engineering Services Group, which gave me an opportunity to travel around the world and see a whole host of things, and um, after that, I began speaking traveling across the country, speaking uh, operations and uh, sharing what I knew with audiences. And then I was asked by uh, a number of companies to take on the task of being uh, a mentor for a number of their young developing corporate executives. And uh, that was a, uh, uh, just a, a wonderful opportunity for me to share my ideas and views with the uh, developing leaders. And uh, I always like to mention the one that stands out most in my mind is James White, mm-hmm. who's the CEO of Jamba Juice. Uh, a new a company, not a new company, but a company that's uh, making some noise on the scene for healthy foods. And um, but but again, I've, I I came about this writing um, this book uh, as the old I guess the current stage. I won't say it's the last stage because there's probably other things for me to do. But but yeah, I've had a nice run. And I felt really really good about uh, taking on the task of writing this book about uh, my good friend Reginald Lewis. Mhm, mhm, and and you know, we we know uh, if we know anything about history, we know anything about business. We celebrate Reginald um, Lewis for what he was able to accomplish. But you know, it's nothing like having a bird's eye view uh, of a friend who was right there. You I understand? You all grew up in the same neighborhood. You know, can, can you share a little bit about that? Yes, I did, and, and um, that's one of the things I always point out with uh, with regards to my book and the story I tell. Everything in the book is uh, firsthand. I'm, I'm going from personal observations because mm-hmm. most people who know about Reginald Lewis know that he was a very private individual and uh, and kept most of his personal life um, uh, pretty much under the radar. 
And um, I had a chance to, to witness uh, a good deal of his early years and, and at the behest or request of a number of his family members and also uh, friends, I decided to write this book. And uh, But we were both um, young men coming out of Baltimore City, and I always make, make sure that I say that Reginald Lewis's original roots were in East Baltimore because that's really um, <laughs> yeah. his uh, pride and joy. Even, yes, it was important <laughs> Not the West, but the East. He, yeah, I, I, I've been right. in this area to know that you've got to, you know, clarify that. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And uh, But uh, when, he was, when he was a teenager, his family moved into West Baltimore, and I'm thinking around mm-hmm. 13, 14 years old, and that's where my family was at the time. So that's where we first met. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. his story is an extraordinary story. Uh, here's a guy that uh, is a product of uh, Baltimore City Public Schools, and uh, he went to Dunbar High School in Baltimore, and graduated uh, in 1961, and we were both athletes, and we had even competed against each other. I went to a school in West Baltimore, Edmondson High School. So we, okay. even though we lived in the same neighborhood, we were friends and had an opportunity to bump into each other on the competitive field and built a kind of a casual, casual, cordial relationship. And lo and behold, when we graduated uh, from high school, we both ended up going to Virginia State University on football scholarships. And uh, Reginald went from uh, high school to Virginia State, and um, and uh, as a student, he worked harder than anybody that I know of. He was a modest student, which is contradictory to his life when you think about his achievements. You know, his brilliance was in his ability to work and to figure things out. And um, from there, graduating from Virginia State, he went on to Harvard in 1965 and, and began quietly building a reputation. He had his own law firm um, and um, started... Uh, actually graduated from Virginia State in 65 and Harvard in 68, but started his law firm in 1970 and at that point became one of the first African-Americans that anyone knew of uh, and may have been the first to have his own Wall Street address for his firm and uh, Mm -hmm. later on left there and got into deal-making and decided that he wanted to become a person who purchased and bought businesses through a number of, uh, of, uh, of, of, of methodologies. The one that he chose was the leveraged buyout which uh, led him to buy two companies. One was uh, McCall Patterns, which he purchased first, and then le- later sold McCall Patterns uh, for 22, close to $23 million. And that was a big thing in 1983. Uh, but this wasn't the end of it because the big deal, which was the one that put him on the cover of the Wall Street Journal, and then the Wall Street scene was in 1987, well, actually, 19, it was, uh, I want to say between, he sold uh, McCall Patterns in 87, I believe, and then went on to buy um, uh, uh, Beatrice, the international uh, assets of, a, of Beatrice Foods, which was a global company. And in 1987, mm-hmm. he purchased that company. And this was an extraordinary thing for anybody, let alone an African-American. Here's a company that was was primarily involved in food distributions, and he bought the international uh, assets of that company, and it was a company doing close to $2 billion of, of business a year with 64 companies in 31 countries. Now, that's a huge mm. footprint for anybody. And uh, he burst, burst onto the scene, and a lot of people didn't know who he was, uh, And uh, but that was Lewis's uh, operating style, under the radar, and all of a sudden, there he was. But it was an extraordinary event, and it was, uh, it was covered by all the major newspapers, and uh, he was in the process of becoming our nation's first African-American billionaire. 
He was among the wealthiest people on the planet, as I like to say. And uh, he unfortunately uh, passed away in 1993 of a, of a brain tumor. But an extraordinary guy with an extraordinary story. And um, that's sort of the backdrop of, of who he is and how we, we came to be friends. Mm-hmm. Now, now, when you when you think about um, back uh, your friendship, uh, even if you, I'm sure you remember the first day you all met and and um, can go back there, did did you think or would you have ever imagined or can you go back and say I saw some of those qualities in him as a friend, as a young man growing up, as to what you would see him building uh, his corporation uh, that you saw. Well, the answer to that question is yes, but there's a caveat I would add to it. One is that I knew he was going to be successful, but I had no idea that he was going to be as successful as he was. I mean, this guy was playing in the clouds in the stratosphere uh, with uh, the major business types and his accomplishments for global accomplishments. But, yeah, you always knew. I always knew. Uh, Reginald Lewis was a guy who was not bashful about telling you that he was going to be a success. It wasn't something that he uh, said to everybody, but if you mattered to him, right. if you were a friend or someone he knew, yeah. he, was, he was pretty straightforward about that. Uh, I, I, I think the way I would say it is this. As I've, as I've examined his life over the years, I believe Reginald would subscribe, even though he, wouldn't, he didn't put it this way, but I think mm-hmm. he would have subscribed to something I call the three W's of a successful life, and that is simply this. When you start in life, everybody, even as a child, we have, have wishes. We wish for things, and, and we sort of go way out on, the, out on the perimeter wishing things, and some of them are unrealistic. Uh, but, but we kind of know what we'd like to be. And at some point in our life, we realize that it may, it may be within reach, and we start wanting it. You know, we wanted it, and, and we realize that it's within reach. But what we mm-hmm. sometimes forget, and this is the third W, and Reginald understood this and better than anybody I've ever known, that those three W's, that wishing, that wanting, none of that matters without work, without, without hard work. work. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. that's, that's the kind of roadmap I see in his life as I look back over it. He, he mm-hmm. understood that, uh, and he said this to me, and, you know, sometimes you look back over your life and you say, I knew this person, but how did they affect me? What was your impact on me? Because we all affect mm-hmm. people around us. And mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. I got married, I, I remember telling my wife that um, – I'm not going to work my entire life for somebody else. One, one day I'm going to, going to leave and have my own company. Now, I posted on, on, on Facebook, and if those who are interested on Facebook, look me on Facebook. I have a Reginald F. Lewis uh, before TLCB interest uh, page, and on it I posted this quote, and it was a quote by, uh, by a fellow whose name, if you tried to pronounce it, you'd probably miss it, but I'm going to try it, Gerade Abani. And the quote was, okay. if, you don't, if you don't take risk, you will always work for someone who does. Now, mm-hmm. Reginald mm-hmm. understood that even as a young man, and I was trying to explain to my wife why I was so excited about that quote and why, in, in effect, I did leave a major uh, opportunity with a major corporation uh, at some point in my life to start my own company, and, and I couldn't figure out where that came from. But I, if I analyze it, it came from some of those early encounters with Reginald Lewis when he would talk about Lynn, you know you can never get rich working for somebody else. And he mm. believed that. And that was one of the things that guided him in his quest for success. Um, and so people do affect people. We affect each other. And even in a mm-hmm. self-analysis that goes back well over 40, 50 years, 
I can recall when we had those discussions and how that thought was embedded in me. doesn't mean you can't be successful, but Reginald Lewis wanted to succeed in a grand way, and that meant being wealthy and rich, and that's what he mm-hmm. wanted to do as well as achieve something. And so mm-hmm. that's kind of the roadmap for him and a personality profile on, very quickly on who this man was. You know, and when you talked about that, uh, I definitely want to get into some of those other qualities, um, the special qualities, and, and I love that, the three W's, of it, you know, that you've got, we start out as children, we have that wish, and then we realize um, after analyzing that what's in reach, we start wanting that, and then we know that that third W is work. Uh, I love that. I love that. And you saw that in your friend um, Reginald Lewis. What what were some of the other qualities that you saw, you know, him have um, that would help him become such a great success that he was? Well, I think um, um, there were a number of them, but I, the one that the, the ones that stand out to me is that Reginald was a guy who had an extraordinary uh, self belief in what I call a sustain. You know, people talk about I believe in my success, but sometimes when you get down the road and you start running into impasses, that 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 belief sort of fades, and all of a sudden you settle for something less. It can fade easily. You can be derailed <laughs> so, easily. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But his unusual quality, one that's, that I, that I stands out in my memory, is that he had what I call a sustainable belief in the eventuality of a success. And what I mean by that, it was like dogged. Mm. It was like, Mm. it's like it was preordained and that Mm. the notion of becoming successful was there for him and he just had to go for it. Um, I I saw a a video. Can you give me an example of that? I'm sorry to interrupt you, but can you give me, give us Mm -hmm. a situation or a scenario, something you remember him to just, you know, have that dogged, where he, he exercised that belief, does anything come to mind? Okay, yeah, yeah, I can. There's a story that I and I tell this. If anyone's ever heard me talk, they would have heard this story. So I apologize, but uh-huh. it is powerful, and I will. I do want to share it with your audience. When uh, we were in school, this was at a difficult time for African Americans in this country. It was in the '60s, in the middle of the civil rights uh, movement. It's a lot of difficult <laughs> times for people. And we went to school. We went to college in a small town in Petersburg. We went to Virginia State University, <laughs> and it was a southern town. And in mm-hmm. that town, there was uh, there was uh, we, there weren't many opportunities for students to work off campus, but there were a few. And a new bowling alley opened up our our freshman year, and uh, Reginald and I both saw this as an opportunity to maybe find some additional work to make a few extra bucks. And so we went over to this bowling alley, and it was clearly from the time we walked in, you could see it was a predominantly white establishment. There were a few blacks there, but basically it was a white bowling alley, and. Um, uh, we were thinking about jobs that we could get, and my thought was kind of like whatever I got would be satisfactory. I mean, if it was picking up paper, it was working the counter, right. it was, you know, cleaning up the lanes, whatever it was, it would be suitable. But Reginald, the supreme confidence that this guy had, and again, you have to remember, this is 1961 in the southern town. He turns to me and says, Lynn, I don't want to do any of that, and, and I'll say effortive deleted because I don't want to mess up your show here. But he said, I don't want to do any of that blank. <laughs> I said, this guy is so much a piece of work. He can never be satisfied with what anybody else wants. He's got to top uh-huh. everybody. So, he got to have something But he made it clear. Yes, uh-huh. he made it clear that that wasn't anything he wanted to be a part of. And so we, we, we left, uh, and, and we didn't really get employment, but we talked to some people, and we finally and we left. And so a few weeks later, I noticed he's coming back to campus a little late uh, each evening, and I, I said, hey, <laughs> what's going on, Louis? You're 
got a girlfriend across town or what, what's keeping you mm-hmm. out so late? And he told me, he said, Lynn, you remember that, that, that bowling alley where we visited over there? Oh, by the way, mm-hmm. he declared that he could run the place. What he said was, I believe I could run this place. And that's what topped <laughs> me off. I said, there you go again. But two weeks later, <clears throat> he's coming back late, and I said, you know, what's the story? He said, well, you remember that bowling alley that uh, we went to? I said, yeah. He said, well, I'm working over there now. And I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm the manager. Wow. And I said, you can't be the manager. You can't possibly be the manager. Well, here's the story. He was the manager. He had been hired as the night manager of that bowling alley. How he did it, I have no idea. In 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 that town in Petersburg, Virginia. And he was the night manager of that bowling alley. And I went over there several times, and he was running it. My point is this. This this was not your your usual guy. Uh, And in many ways, he was ordinary. But in terms of this this sustainable belief in the eventuality of success, it was a confidence factor there. It was that if, if I want it bad enough, um, you know, I'll be able to get it. The other thing I'll just add very quickly is that um, Reginald Lewis was a guy who um, understood uh, success or at least the pursuit of success in a, in a, in a grand way. Uh, he was not someone who talked about having a small success, even though that's, that's acceptable for people. We all are different, but he was unusual in that he had a larger vision for everything. And, and I think that in, in itself is a quality, the ability to, to, to see a bigger possibility. I mean, he didn't see things as being, you know, one step, but he thought two and three steps ahead. And mm-hmm. as, a, as a modest student, and this is important, as a modest student, mm-hmm. his grades were never extraordinary, uh, that mm-hmm. required that he put the pedal to the metal in the work area. And he... He worked harder than most guys I know just to get average grades, but his achievements are extraordinary when you when you take into consideration the, the entire profile of the individual. Wow, that's incredible. If you've just joined us, you are listening to Wealthy Sisters Radio with our special guest, Lynn Hart, who is discussing his book and his friend, Reginald Lewis, and he has written his great book, which is Reginald F. Lewis Before TLC Beatrice, and uh, we're just great, great to have him on our show today. We will take a short break, and when we come back, uh, Lynn, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about that inspiration. I, I know we we mentioned yesterday uh, that uh, this is Wealthy Sisters Radio, and we do mostly interview women, and we mostly talk about successful women, but we do talk about uh, men and interview men on the show, which is why we could not not take this opportunity to have you on the show to talk about your book. But there is a special inspiration that fueled uh, Mr. Lewis, and uh, I can't wait for our guests to hear about that. So we'll take our break and come back. Would you uh, mind sharing that with us today, Lynn? We'll do that. All right, fantastic. Stay tuned. You are listening to Wealthy Sisters Radio, and thank you so much for tuning in. We're now listening to Wealthy Sisters Radio Show. We're now listening to Wealthy Sisters Radio Show. We're now listening to Wealthy Sisters Radio Show. We're now listening to Wealthy Sisters. We're not 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 listening to wealthy sisters. 
waiting. Are you tired of searching for Mr. Right and need help cracking the man code? Do you really want to know what he thinks about dating, love, and romance? Are you wondering if the one you are with will ever fall in love with you? Then you need the Code Cracker, Jay Neville, relationship expert and life coach. Visit jneville.com. That's J-N-E-V-E-L-S dot com. jneville.com. Does your home or office decor need a resurrection? Is there a special room of yours that says blah, blah, blah and is lacking inspiration? then you need creative ways and solutions. We help you create feel-good spaces that are functional and beautiful at the same time. We are here to cater to you with an environmental and spiritually conscious flair. Both in-person and virtual interior design services are available. Visit us online at creativeways.com, spell with a K, or call 888-280-8318 for a complimentary consultation. We create spaces that inspire you. Well, we're live here on Wealthy Sisters Radio. Thank you so much for joining us today. We've got a lot of exciting things that are taking place with our, our special guest, Lynn Hart, who is the author of Reginald Lewis, The Before, uh, The Man Before. Let me get this. I want to say the whole title. Reginald F. Lewis, Before TLC Beatrice, The Young Man Before the Billion Dollar Empire. Uh, we've talked about some great things about uh, Reginald Lewis, his dear friend, and uh, but I just do want to remind everybody, you know, we are celebrating our fifth anniversary next month. Yes, yes, we're so excited and so grateful to all of you all. We know we would not be here without you, the dynamic listener. We appreciate you so much. I, I am. I am just humbled every week by all of the response that we get from our show. And, and I mean, you just never know, as uh, Lynn has shared earlier in our show today, the impact that you make on people's lives. So I definitely am so appreciative. And, uh, you know, we just want to remind you, hey, we're here celebrating, and what a great way to celebrate than with the WSMG Business Directory. That business directory is promoting you. And we are still in our introductory phases here. Next month we will uh, full go full launch, but it has launched and it's live on the site. So you can go to WSMG, that's the Wealthy Sisters Media Group. So WSMGBusinessDirectory.com and list your business now. A lifetime multiple listings there, category listings for your business. So back to our very special guest, Lynn Hart. We we want to talk about you know what was it that inspiration. Who was that person? I'm sure it was so many people uh, in Reginald Lewis's life, but what was the real fuel that you witnessed to help create what we see uh, in his legacy today? Well, Deborah, I think you're correct to say that there were a number of people in mm-hmm. Reggie's life that had a hand and a success, and that can go all the way back to his grandfather, his stepfather, mm-hmm. his wife, Lloyda, a number of people, but I, I always uh, felt that his mother was the one that gave him the biggest uh, lift and the biggest uh, um, platform upon which to launch himself. And and she did it in a number of ways, but I think uh, what I would say is that she understood that there was not going to be an easy road for her son. And uh, and I've known known the family for many, many years, and I've seen her demonstrate this skill, but her ability to uh, uh, build uh, the fire under the, the, the people that come in contact with her 
and a very inspirational person, and she was able to provide that kind of support for her son. But a lot of teaching that went on, too. She was a strong woman, and she there, there's a story that she loves to tell, and I'm going to share it with your audience here quickly, but she she always was about making sure her son understood uh, that in order to succeed in the world, you had to be willing to work. That's that point mm-hmm. I talked about earlier, you know, the three W's. That's where that came from. Uh, she tells a story about when Reginald was a youngster, and he had a local newspaper route, and I'm going to guess he was about 12, 13, 14 years old, but he had an Afro route, a paper route, the Afro-American in Baltimore. And in the summer, he went on, on, on to a summer camp, but he held on to a paper route, and he asked his mom if she would deliver the papers for him while he was gone. And so she did that <laughs> every day, delivered his papers. Uh-huh. And then when he came back, he, he, he said to her, he approached her and says, uh, uh, you can now give me my money. Uh, and she looked at him and said, what, what money? He said, well, the money that my paper route generated while I was away. She said, well, as far as I know, you didn't do any work. I did the work, so I get the money. And they had a long, drawn-out discussion about that, and she, she uses that as a, to make the point that she said to him, if you're going to contract with somebody to do something, if you're going to do a deal with somebody, you need to get that understanding up front and not at the mm-hmm. back end. So you mm-hmm. didn't do the work, you didn't have a contract, so I get the money. Now, that story is reflective of two things, reflective of the kind of discipline that his mom had and her devotion mm-hmm. to work and her, mm-hmm. t- her desire to teach her son uh, how to survive in a world where work is compensated for, but only mm-hmm. if you have an understanding what that compensation is. She also um, was someone who uh, was constantly there when he needed her. Uh, one of the things that stands out in Reginald Lewis's story is that he, and I said earlier that he was a modest student, but he didn't come from wealth. He didn't come from a lot of money, and uh, he lost his football scholarship the first year at Virginia State. What that meant was he lost his financial footing and all the support that came with that scholarship. And I remember when that happened, he was, he was a guy who was sort of scrambling around trying to figure out how to do things, but coming from a strong family as he did, there was support for him and helped him get through this very, very difficult period. But again, work came in. He worked a number of jobs to try to make money to make up the difference. And he got through this period with the help of his family and the support of his mom. So an extraordinary woman who I've come to appreciate and uh, and consider to have been a privilege to, to know her. Uh, but uh, in the book, I write about that relationship. And uh, some of these stories I'm talking about, some of those are in the book as well. Yes, as well. And, you know, you mentioned uh, as well that it's it's proof that she obviously was was a force, in, you know, in his life and just a, a powerhouse in, in raising sons. Uh, not only did she raise um, Reginald Lewis, but his brother as well, you know, went on, you mentioned, to become very successful uh, as well. Is that correct? Yeah. That is correct, mm-hmm. and a lot of people in, in the, in the uh, Maryland, Washington, uh, uh, Virginia area, Washington, D.C. area, uh, may have heard of him. He was a young man who, uh, uh, Reginald's younger brother, uh, mm-hmm. uh, his name is Gene Fugit. It was his half-brother, Gene Fugit. And Gene mm-hmm. uh, established himself in Baltimore as an outstanding high school athlete and a, a tremendous student and uh, went on to Amherst uh, on a scholarship and ended up being one of those outstanding football players that got signed by the Dallas Cowboys back in the early days. And he has distinguished himself there and later came on to be a star with the Washington Redskins back in the 70s. 
And uh, I always like to point out that as, as good of an athlete as Gene was, he was also an outstanding student. And uh, Gene is a, is a lawyer, accomplished businessman, and still in the Baltimore, Washington area. But that's the, that's the lineage of these, these kids. And, uh, again, um, you know, I was privileged enough to be able to watch them and participate. And, and quite honestly, I, as I said earlier, some of it rubbed off on me. I, I, I really believe that it was to my benefit to mm-hmm. have been uh, roommate, teammate, friends, lifelong friends of Reginald Lewis. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I just think there was something in that. And so being associated with, with people who have a desire to achieve can also affect us. And, again, I, I say for the benefit of your audience because I believe it to be true, uh, everyone who, every one of us, we have an effect on those around us. Hopefully it's a positive impact. But young mm-hmm. people, and, and, again, this book was written with young people in mind, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, adults can enjoy it as well, but I did think this part of his story uh, had not been dealt with, which um, I guess opens another opportunity for me to say this. Um, people sometimes ask me, why did I write this book? Well, right. I wrote this book. I wrote this book because uh, initially I just felt it was a story that had not been told because there's, there's a, um, Reginald's autobiography is out there and a number of other books, but they talk about his success uh, while his autobiography covers his early years, I think the real hook in that book is uh, how he managed to become successful in the financial arena. But the years that I'm talking about, his years when he went to an HBCU, when he went to a public right. school, when he struggled with his grades and when he had to get through mm-hmm. the loss of the scholarship, yeah, his developmental years, mm-hmm. those years mm-hmm. I never felt were dealt with. And so I decided to write this book. And mm-hmm. now that the book is out, I've taken on another mission along with it. Um, I want people to know who he was, and that's maybe a selfish thing on my part, but I just feel like I need to do that. I had um, <laughs> an occasion to, to meet. This is right after the book was, was published. I was at, on Virginia State's campus, and I was standing under a banner. It was homecoming. I was standing under a banner that had a picture of Reginald Lewis hanging from the, 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 the post, like a lamppost. And I saw mm-hmm. a bunch of kids on campus, and I summoned them over. I said, come over here. Let me talk with you. And I said, how many of you know, I'm going to give you a name. Let me know if it, if it registers with you at all. And so I <laughs> said, tell me, what you know about, tell me what you know about Reginald F. Lewis. And there were puzzle faces all around. And this is on Virginia wow. State's campus. And I said, wow. do you know who he was? And they said, uh, I think he was, uh, I'm not sure. So I said, look above my head. I said, you see a banner, a banner up there? And they said, mm-hmm. yes. I said, who is that? Now, Reginald Lewis had a mustache, which he wore most of his mm-hmm. life, and I now have a mustache. So one mm-hmm. of the kids said, mm-hmm. that's you. I said, that's not me. I said, that's Reginald F. Lewis. So I took some time to explain to them who he was. And on the campus, there is a Reginald F. Lewis School College of Business, but it wasn't well wow. distinguished. The name wasn't well displayed in those days. So I decided that I would take on another um, mission here, and that was to do everything I could to get as many people as I knew, in my small way, to know mm-hmm. who he was, to introduce him to those mm-hmm. people. So I have social media stuff going. I have the book. Mm-hmm. I, I do, uh, you know, the, the, the book signings, and I do the, mm-hmm. you know, the radio shows like this one here. But my mm-hmm. mission really is, yes, I'd like the book to move, but I think today, more importantly, I want people to know who this guy was because he was an extraordinary guy, uh, and people have different opinions about him in terms of his toughness as a businessman and how, what that was like. Right. But he was right. a guy that accomplished extraordinary things, but I wanted that story to be told. 
Well, you know, it's important that you tell this story. In 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 like we, you know, we discussed already, the developmental years are often what we don't hear about and what we don't see. We see a person when they hit the mark, when they become successful, and a lot of times when people are on that path in their journey, all they see is those individuals who have reached those goals that they want. And and can't always feel, you know, you feel alone. We always say as an entrepreneur, it can be an extremely lonely journey. And, and it's very challenging. As we say, it's not for the faint at heart. But when you when you hear stories and you learn, okay, this is what this person went through. They oh, they're going through and experiencing the same part of life. But what did they do to uh, overcome those obstacles, or how did they weave their way through this challenge? It's very important for you to share that story and absolutely to share who Reginald F. Lewis was. Um, you know, I, I would say I was not privy to him in the way that I am now until I moved to this area, you know, and, and really mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it is important that uh, we know, and I'm, I'm from Atlanta, you know, um, mm-hmm. hell, he, he was, he's a young man in comparison to, you know, our typical black history month pictures that we used to see, <laughs> you know, the Harriet Tubman's, of course, Dr. King, yes, yes. But, but those, all of those need to be updated, you know, with, with people like Reginald Lewis who are continually making strides and have made strides uh, and, and accomplishments that our children need to see to be a, to be a model for them so that they can yeah, know I would, that I would, it's not just an athletic path that you have to go or, or a rapper. There are so many ways, and business is one <laughs> that you can Yes, it is, do. yeah. Mm-hmm. I would just mm-hmm. add to, add to that that there, Reginald, there's, there's other books out about Reginald, and, and people should consider those too. One is uh, his autobiography, right. why, should, why Should White Guys Have All the Fun, which is his autobiography, uh-huh. which – which includes a good deal about his financial success. <clears throat> and as I said, my mm-hmm. book focuses more on those developmental years. There's also, and I would encourage people to look up these places and attend these places, but there's the Reginald F. Lewis Maryland Museum of African American Culture and Art. There's a Reginald mm-hmm. F. Lewis mm-hmm. Museum in Baltimore. And if it's you ever Baltimore. visit the Inner mm-hmm. Harbor section downtown, right, I think people, it would be worth your while to visit that museum. There's the Reginald F. Lewis Law Center on Harvard's campus. It's the only campus, oh. only building on that campus named named after an African-American. And then there's wow. the Reginald F. Lewis College of Business on Virginia State University's campus, which we dedicated last year, and I had the opportunity to speak at that event. But um, there's a number of, 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 of places that, that mark his name as achievement, and I think they're well worth the time it would take to visit them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. And when you when you talk about his qualities and the success that he's he's had, uh, and he had an, an experience, and you also mentioned, you know, uh, the fact that it was it was a privilege for you to you feel to to grow up around him, uh, his family, how some of those things rubbed off on you. I'd love for you to just mm-hmm. take a few more moments and talk about that because that's a point that we like to drive here uh, at Wealthy Sisters on Wealthy Sisters Radio, that the company we keep, how important it is to be around people that stretch us uh, 
And if you want to know, you know, the old saying, if you want to know where you're going to be five years from now, take the sum total of the five closest people that you're around, and that's where you will be. So can, can you share the little, a little bit here about the importance of uh, the, the kinds of uh, people that we surround ourselves with and how they can impact our lives, as Reginald Lewis well, and his family did for you? Well, let me begin by saying this. If you read the book, you'll find out that I, when I started um, as, a, as a young person and we started our journey through uh, high school and college and so on, I wasn't a guy who had a lot of goals and objectives. I was basically a, a guy who made decent grades in school, but I was an athlete. And I, when I went to college, my sole purpose was to play four years of football, and that was going to be it. I, I did, no member of my immediate family had graduated from college or even gone mm-hmm. to college, and I, I decided that – okay, I'm here, I'll play football. Well, with Reginald Lewis as my roommate that first year, there were certain things that, that we talked about. And by the way, Reginald could have been an explosive kind of guy. There were a number of things that we argued about in terms of views that <laughs> were different than opinions. And, uh-huh. and fortunately for both of us, we both were highly opinionated, energetic guys who could love to debate. And so we did that, and much of what he said I didn't always agree with. A lot of the stuff that I'm right. telling you now, I didn't always agree with it. The, the, the three W's, that wasn't anything that was focusing on, that I focused on. But I watched him, and, and we, we had these debates. And at some point, when I got ready to graduate, I found myself kind of competing a little bit because he was going to go to Harvard, and I had been mm-hmm. drafted by the Buffalo Bills, a professional football team. And so I saw him as, you know, we were going to both compete now. And so that competitive thing of uh, – and a healthy competition, by the way, because right. by that friendly. time uh-huh. I had mm-hmm. developed mm-hmm. – that's friendly. I had developed mm-hmm. aspirations of my own, but driven mainly because I had spent time with this guy as a roommate, friend, and fraternity brothers. By the way, with Kappa, so i got to get that out there. Shout out to my brother. you got to get that out there. But that's right. <laughs> got to get that out there. Shout out to the new but, – but, If you but don't we say had anything, gone... you'd be in trouble. <laughs> Oh, yeah, they'll let me know. But but we had gone through all this stuff together, and it really had shaped some of my values. And and over the years, um, I, can't, I began to understand that Reginald Lewis, and I've said this before, was a rocket. And after we were young men, we'd been out working. I was working for AT&T, and he had his law firm, and he was doing his thing. And we stayed in touch uh, mostly by, by phone, but occasionally we would visit. But I realized that he was going way, way, way beyond anything I had ever dreamed. And, I, and I, I think most folks who knew him would say that. But because I had locked in early on, I actually changed my major my freshman year from having had discussions with this guy. I, I, wow. I changed my major to business administration because uh, of a conversation that we had, which is in the book. I won't go into all that. But, but okay. uh, so, so, yeah, the, the – being able to rub shoulders with somebody who has those kind of aspirations, that kind of work ethic, and just that kind of determination and, and the level of self of self confidence, it, it did affect me. And I and I think even to this day, as I mentioned, I left AT and T at a point in my career when most people didn't understand why, and I didn't know where the thought came from that I would work for myself one day. But in the analysis and in retrospect, that's that was put there in early discussions by Reg when he said, you know what, I don't think I'll ever work for anybody because I want to be wealthy, I want to be rich, I want to accomplish something, I want to be, I want to be somebody who, 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 who people will remember, uh, and I can't mm-hmm. do that work for somebody else. And so, mm-hmm. and by the way, I, I want to be clear on this, there are lots of wonderful lives and careers to be had working for someone else. That was just Absolutely. his value. 
And it stuck with me in a way that by the time I was uh, in my late 40s, I had uh, just up and left uh, AT&T to start my own company. So uh, that's, that's the effect on me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Well, we I tell you, this time has gone by so fast, and it's just been a pleasure having you, Lynn Hart, on our show today here on Wealthy Sisters Radio discussing your friend, uh, the life of Reginald Lewis before TLC Beatrice. It, you know, in closing, if you could take about 90 seconds, um, we definitely want to let everybody know that we want them to go to WealthySistersRadio.com to our featured guest. Go to WealthySistersRadio.com right now to our featured guests. We have information on your Facebook page uh, there as well, and you can read more about uh, Lynn Hart and his story. And definitely, uh, the book is available on Amazon, iTunes, and Barnes & Noble as well. And uh, are there other places that they can purchase the book? Yeah, actually, you can get the book on Google Books as well. If you uh, use okay. Google Play, you can go to Google Books and they download digital copies. I think the book is available. It's a 254-page book, and the price range is around 12, uh, 10 to 12 bucks. But you can get the best deal on Amazon.com. I'll just let you go there, and there's a there's an author's page which you can learn more about me. And please check me out on Facebook. And when you get there, like my page. But there's a whole lot of photographs and information uh, that will give you more information on Reginald F. Lewis. Awesome, awesome. Well, uh, if you could take about, let's say, 60 seconds now, uh, and just what would you like to leave our audience with today as you you think about your friend Reginald Lewis and and, uh, his earlier years? Well, I would say this, that for for the young people and young adults and those who are pursuing their career, just getting started, um, understand that I believe this is true. Success is within the reach of all of us. Uh, but along the way, we have to focus on producing something, something of value, something that will help someone else uh, in their quest for success. And I don't know whether that's as a writer, as a singer, as a rap star, as a businessman, businesswoman, but focus on the fact that success can truly, it can only be success if you can say, I brought a lot of other people with me. And I, I, I think that's an important thought I'd like to leave your audience with. Oh, that's powerful. Absolutely. You know, it's not just about us. It's about who we are impacting, and and uh, and, and it's bigger than I. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than, than just three people, you know, and uh, that's beautiful. Thank you so much, Lynn Hart, for being with us today and uh, sharing the story of your dear friend, Reginald Lewis. I tell you, if you've missed the first half of this show, you definitely want to go to WealthySistersRadio.com, download this show, and all of our other great shows, you can check them out there in our library as well. Well, today, you know, this is second Tuesday of the month, so it's, we have our featured correspondent. We're on our health and wellness segment here, and our featured correspondent, Ms. Delana Keller-Watkins, has some information for Hello. you. This is Delana Keller-Watkins with your Wealthy Sisters Radio health and wellness segment. It's a great day to be healthy, and I'm grateful to share steps for success in your healthy journey topic is mind your body and your business. As business owners, entrepreneurs, and leaders, the importance of health has a direct impact on your bottom line. So ask yourself this question, am I healthy enough to be in business or would I hire me? I trust that you replied with a resounding yes. There are simple steps to keeping your health and business thriving. The first is to develop a wellness plan which supports physical wellness, 
to ensure fiscal wealth. Now, this wellness plan needs to resemble the data and thought process of creating a business plan. The framework needs to consist of your vision, mission, plan, and goals. These need to be very specific and well thought out, taking into account what you're able to commit to on a daily basis so that you can fulfill the goals and get what needs to be done physically, mentally, and spiritually. Next, to ensure success, you need to identify accountability partners that you have vetted and trust just like business partners. They must be supportive, reliable, and resourceful. You want those individuals that will help to push you through when things are really rough or when you're not able to get through a certain specific thing that you are working on. You also need to make sure that they're reliable and resourceful. Can you get in touch with your accountability partners and are they able to give you information that may not be readily available to you? So reliable and resourceful are other credentials that your accountability partners must have. So take that into account when vetting your accountability partners. Last but not least, stress less for success. Stress is a regular occurrence in our everyday lives. However, it is the unmanaged stress which develops into distress that causes us problems. Now, we all need a certain level of stress in our lives. Stress is that energy that gets us through those deadlines, project launches, and closing those business deals. However, it is the unmanaged or unchecked stress that develops into distress that causes us those issues that negatively impact our health and performance. So mind your body and your business. You can do it with a wellness plan, accountability partners, and by practicing safe stress. Creating a healthy legacy starts with building a solid foundation of physical, mental, and spiritual wellness. It's your time to experience total wellness. This has been your health and wellness segment with Delana Keller Watkins on Wealthy Sisters Radio. For more information, visit my page at WealthySistersRadio.com or send me an email with questions, comments, or segment suggestions to correspondence at WealthySistersRadio.com. All right. Thank you so much, Delena. That was powerful. Definitely want to encourage you to go to WealthySistersRadio.com to our feature correspondence, and you can learn more information about uh, Delena Keller Watkins there and all of our other great correspondents that we have on team. We are just truly blessed here at Wealthy Sisters Radio and committed to providing you with that rich content every week. Well, I tell you, this show has gone by so fast. Again, I want to thank Lynn Hart for being our special guest today. I want to remind you, you know, to go and download that show. Uh, He shared a lot of information, and I know it will be an inspiration to you as you're continually building your business uh, today and, uh, and, and give you some guidelines, give you some ideas, and give you hope. Uh, on those dark days that we can sometimes face as entrepreneurs. But, you know, we've come to that time in the show where we have our power thought of the week. And, you know, everything is is in divine order. I always, always believe that. And just from our our conversations today uh, with our guests, we want to talk about remembering 
to remember those words and the impact that you have on others. Don't take it lightly. You know, never discount your words that you share with people. Always do your best to absolutely encourage. I mean, even when there's correction needed, there's always ways that you can encourage and uplift someone because you never know the impact that you will have. And particularly when we think about our children as well, those words. And a lot of us deal with a lot of negativity in our head that we have to reprogram ourselves because perhaps you might have heard discouraging words growing up or someone told you that something couldn't be done or this would never happen. I want to encourage you just to remember the words and be cognizant of those words that you share. And just just note this, as Maya Angelou says, you know, people... People never really remember what you say, but they do remember how you made them feel. And that can come from actions, and it can come from those words that you share as well. So thank you so much for tuning in to our show today. We look forward to seeing you next week. And as always, we wish you enjoy the best of everything great. We're now listening to Wealthy Sisters. 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 We're not listening to what we could This episode is made possible by PwC. When unprecedented times are all the time, it's time to start walking the talk. Leaders like you turn to PwC to see and stay ahead. Upskill your workforce, use intelligent automation, and transform big ideas into breakthrough outcomes. Explore the human-led, tech-powered solutions that help you thrive. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.